Well, hi there. I'm Peter Alsop with this week's episode of Songs to Chew. In my family of origin, we grew up with a lot of teasing and making fun of each other. Everyone in our family was fair game as a target. Sometimes our clumsy attempts at one-upsmanship were just dumb and ridiculous. And sometimes they were very clever and insightful. We'd laugh so hard we'd start crying. But always mixed in along with the fun was that stuffed-down, painful feeling that someone was being unkind or mean to us. We developed very thick skin. We tried to be clever and as funny as possible so we could be admired for our wit and cleverness. But it was almost always at someone else's expense, our victim. I was pretty good at it, but as I grew older and wiser, I learned that when I tried to make myself look good at someone else's expense, it really doesn't look all that good. And if we're paying attention, it doesn't feel all that good either. So for today's song to chew, I wanted to play a couple of short songs for us to chew on and take a look at how much of our mostly male-type humor has victims and how we can use humor instead to lift people and to raise consciousness. The first one we'll listen to is a song I wrote after a very difficult day of trying to find my way around Los Angeles. It's kind of a musical complaint to vent my frustrations with L.A., my victim. Here, from my first album, Peter Alsop, is the L.A. Freeway song. Have you ever lost your way while you were driving through L.A.? And did you notice all the places that you passed along the way? Just take the first initial of each turn you had to guess And you will have a word which will describe Los Angeles H is for the lovely Harbor Freeway C for Century Boulevard, oops, too far C is for that clover leaf in Compton. Or was it for the cop who stopped my car? P will take you back to Pasadena. When W's for Westwood, where you want to be, just put them all together, they spell. That's just about what L.A. means to me. So as we chew on this song, we see that the humor shows up in a couple of ways. One is it creates a pattern, but doesn't reveal where we're headed. We spell out a word that doesn't make any sense as the listener follows along, which holds the listener's interest and builds their curiosity as we add more and more consonants to the word. The payoff in the song is when we finally spit and reveal what we've been spelling out. That's number two. When we all laugh because we recognize the sound that we're spelling really does sound sort of like spitting. Of course, they didn't really spit, but you get the idea. And as we all laugh, there's a warm sense of joining together because we get the joke. But this enjoyment at the cleverness of spelling out a word that we don't know still doesn't hide the fact that we're being critical and negative about someone or something in a kind of disgusting way. And that's number three. Because we're not supposed to say critical things out loud in public about others' shortcomings. People laugh because we've just broken a social norm. We said something out loud that many people have thought or felt, 
but they were polite enough to keep it to themselves. We just let it fly. It's kind of freeing for them to see us do that, and they laugh as a relief. The fourth thing to notice is that the music was sweet and simple, and it sets up a different expectation than what we get at the somewhat harsh and critical message at the end of the song. That, too, adds to the fun because it helped mask the surprise. Yes, it's a very simplistic song and joke, and the reality is L.A. is a complex and complicated city made up of diverse people and abilities and systems with many inherent systemic flaws and phenomenal assets, wonderful strengths that don't get mentioned or even referred to in this song. The humor here comes mostly from the fact that it's not nice and that we're saying out loud what many people from time to time are thinking privately. It's what Dorothy Parker or Don Rickles and a slew of other writers and comedians do in their stand-up routines or writings. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having a discerning eye and pointing out the more bizarre and questionable human behaviors that others freely exhibit. But when we learn to see the world through negative and critical eyeglasses, it makes it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for us to not use those eyeglasses on ourselves. And that degree of self-criticism can make it very difficult for us to experience some of life's many blessings. It's true that some people have elevated complaining and teasing others to almost an art form, complete with huge doses of intellectual cleverness and multi-layered innuendo. That causes us to laugh, while on our innermost level, we still feel a painful sense that no matter who it's leveled at, that kind of humor definitely does not feel safe. By participating in victimizing others with joking, criticism, or caustic wit, our own moments of personal serenity become rare or non-existent. And the best way to break out of these critical habit patterns is to care enough about the people or the places, as with Los Angeles, that we're making fun of. I think it's still important to address the human foibles and flaws that need addressing, and by doing so, get others to think about ourselves and our own behaviors without having to point the finger of blame at anyone in particular. A great way to do this is to simply own that we too participate in some of these ridiculous human behaviors, and by admitting this, we join with other victims in the same pool. This lessens the harshness created by singling out one or two specific individuals. When I was starting out, there were times when I'd be singing for an audience at a venue, and a couple of people, perhaps in the front row, at a table by the stage, were just having a wonderful visit and conversation with each other, talking loudly, like I wasn't even there. Sometimes I'd ignore them and wait for someone in the audience to complain or perhaps shush them. But after a while, I figured this is my job as a performer, to make sure my audience is entertained and enjoying the show. So, yes, I actually wrote a song to play upon this kind of occasion. I've only performed it once. It was at the world-renowned Troubadour in Hollywood. Everyone in the audience, except for the two ladies chatting at the table near the stage, watched as I walked over to the stage edge and serenaded them. They still had no clue that I was singing to them, but everyone else in the audience was watching. And when I finished, the audience applauded wildly, and the two women finally looked up and noticed I was there, and everyone was staring at them. I've never recorded it. So I'll play it for you now. It's called Hey You. Hey you, yes you, who've been talking out so loud, it's okay, really it's okay. Be so impolite, I'll bet you needed that attention And it don't get me uptight, but I'd really like to mention When I'm singing soft and fine You seem to treat me like TV You turn yours up and turn down mine And 
my message can't get through And so I'll sing it once again, my friend, because My message is for you Yeah, that song is so stupid and wonderful, both at the same time. Sticking out our tongue and giving the raspberry is such a very human and juvenile way of responding to something we don't like. I love it. (laughs) We simultaneously gain perspective and revenge and let go of our serious critical state of mind, blowing off steam and laughing after a good wet raspberry. Ah, humor. Okay, I'm Peter Alsop. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you next week with another song to chew. Bye for now.